Come on, Greg, get it right. This time, get it right. Get your head in the game. Get it right this time. Welcome to Why Wonders Why, a companion podcast to Smart Enough to Know Better. In this Why Wonders Why, I'm going to be talking about time travel. But before we can talk about time travel, we kind of have to wonder, what, what is time? And that's a really hard question, because it's something that we're all in, or that we all experience at the very least, but no one can actually tell you what time is. There's the concept of space-time, but is that time as we think of it? Can you, can you record time? Can you, can you put time in a bottle? No matter what Jim Cruce says, you can't particularly. And that's a reference for all the young kids out there. We don't know what time is. Science hasn't worked that out. And that probably means that we're missing something quite fundamental. We can remember the past. We can look to the future. We can experience the now somewhat. But we can't say, here is time. And that leads to something really interesting then. Stories about time. Time travel stories. It's an open area. I really wanted to discuss that with the audience. But I realized that... There was someone out there who was much better versed in time travel stories than me. Someone who has always put me right when I make a mistake about time travels. And that's our very old friend from Smart Enough to Know Better, Mr. Dan J.J.J. Beeston. Join me, if you will, for Why Wonders Why Time Travel. Hello, Dan! I've never been in this room of the blimp before. That's, well, yes, you have. You came last time. What are you talking about? This is the same room. Yes. You've redecorated. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> time travel. Dan Beeston. If I always thought of myself as the person who knew the most about time travel stories, but really, that's you. Out of, you, you, out of both of us, you're definitely the one who knows the most. That's what we're going to be chatting about today. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether knows the most or uh, has uh, been exposed to the most. <laughs> has angry opinions has about the thought most. Thought about the most. Yes. There's no such thing as one time travel story, is there? No, no. There's all sorts of stuff going on there. Time itself is quite complex when you haven't sort of grown up with it. Yes. What? <laughs> so, like, the, Dan, like, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Dan is an eldritch horror from beyond time. That's what he's admitting yeah. to right now. It's very yeah. complex. Well, beyond time is a thing that, like, that's a thing in physics. Maybe. But yeah. Maybe you can't move it and you can't sort of bend it. And it doesn't seem to have any, um, you know, like gravity is, is warping in space time and, and electromagnetic force is photons. Uh, no one, like, you can't say, oh, that's the time particle or the chronotron or whatever. Mm. There's nothing yet that we know of you like that. You can't catch it. Yes, in a you net. can't. Yes, exactly right. You can't even, you can't go, I'll have two times, please, you know, and put it in a sandwich or something. Mm. It's just not possible yet. Maybe never. Yeah. Because, I mean, now doesn't really exist in a practical sense. It sort of – it exists for a nothing of, of, of a second. Mm. And it's, like, infinitely small. Uh, and so it's like the passage through time is, like, an infinite amount of infinitely small segments of time. Yes. Yeah, and that makes it difficult. So you have memories of what happened, but those memories were generated 
Well, due to physical processes, I mean, light yeah, that's travels... just electricity and meat. Uh, every nanosecond, every billionth of a second, light travels about 30 centimetres. So even... So I'm looking at you across a screen that's about 30 centimetres, 45 centimetres away from my eyes. So even that signal getting into my brain took nanoseconds to reach my to reach my eyes and then it took nanoseconds to be processed if not more i mean nanoseconds well i am i am a substrata robot man so you know it probably is nanoseconds for me but you meet people then uh yeah yeah, yeah i was like milliseconds like <laughs> a schmuck i'm wading through time like it was treacle so you're not even so you, your memories are putting down are already milliseconds old so they're already in the past when you create them so we're basically talking to each other's past selves That's all the time. Oh, man, the things I'd tell your past self. <laughs> now is, like, infinitely small, but it's also infinitely large because it's always now. Like, it's always now. You cannot get away from it. I guess that that's the problem with human language is we have to break it down. We call it now, but really it should be now, now plus one, now plus two, now plus three, new now, uh, diet now, now zero, now no sugar. You, know, you imagine the pronouns and the and the and the and the and the adverbs or and the participles and stuff that we have to deal with. <laughs> I like the fact the Babylonians did it. They went, okay, we have seconds, sixty seconds in a minute, sixty minutes in an hour, twenty four hours in a day, blah 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 blah. And then that was Babylonians. That's thousands of years ago. And everyone else just went, all right, we're done. We'll, we'll we'll monkey around with it a little bit occasionally, leap years, leap seconds, all the rest. But we're not. Look, we're done. We're not even going to think about this for thousands of years. And the French went, right, we've killed all our leaders in the French Revolution. We're doing pretty well. Let's change time. And everyone went, look, you can kill the leaders. You can overthrow the governments, but don't <laughs> frig with time. No, bad French people. Naughty. <laughs> and then Swatch, the biggest watch manufacturer on the planet, like the go-to guys for time, a couple of years came out and said, look, everyone – you're always making fun of the Americans for like their barley corn based system for measurement. Yeah. We know what you guys like. We've created digital time and everyone looked at it and went, nah. <laughs> Stick it nah. up. We want it. We want, we want segments of circles still, we please. We, but that's because we're still living on this planet and we're still tied into this planet. Once we get off the planet and who cares what 24 hours is at that point? I mean, let's face it. Our, our clocks inside our bodies are 25 hours. Which always makes me go, that's weird. So if you're put in a dark room for long periods of time without access to light, your body clock would reset to 25 hours. The first time travel story I was ever exposed to, I think, was Back to the Future. Mm. My first Back to the Future, my parents took me to the drive-in, and ironically, we were late. We were like <laughs> 25 minutes late. <laughs> we arrived after they travelled. Marty McFly is still obviously from our time, and... He's in the 50s. Easy. It's all fine. And, so, and then, then it was a nice family movie about incest. The original story, Marty McFly's dad was peeping on his mother-to-be with binoculars from a tree in the street. Uh, oh, he dropped out of the tree, got hit by the, parent, the father's car, and she nursed him back to health. The Florence Nightingale effect kicked in, and she felt pity for oh. George McFly. So she Jerry, so, basically Jerry Smithed him. Uh, yes. He basically was so pathetic she had to love him. So, And that's not a great way for a relationship to start. I bet they, they wove it into a romantic kind of story. You wouldn't go, I was pervert on your mum. It'd be like, I was so... Oh, they, he didn't share that bit. In uh, fact, uh, if I remember correctly, the conversation is, what were you doing in the middle of the street? Oh, I can't, I can't remember. Uh, and that's the horrible moment for Marty when he discovers that his dad is a cr- creepy peeping Tom. Ah, uh, right. But, not- I mean, that's that's... 
kind of funny in a kind of a sad way in the 50s. But these days, not at no, all. No. <laughs> Nowadays, we've all learned a lesson. Don't peep on your future spouse. Or get really, really tiny webcams that will not get discovered. I think your audio's cut out. I can't hear you say anything, Greg. I can't hear you, hear you agreeing with me in a sort of a charming sort of, no. oh, Dan, you rap no. scallion. No. Sort of. All right. <laughs> Hang on. Just Oh, I can see you moving. Yeah, you're definitely responding. <laughs> but Back to the Future is an interesting one. Well, it's, it's one of the, the obvious time travel stories where you travel back in time and you change stuff in the past and when you get back to the future stuff has changed that's the whole conceit of that first movie is that he has to he has to get history fixed so that his future is still there when he gets back yeah so by going back he's changing it's it's basically going back to an earlier part of a stream throwing a rock in and that throws a rock in the stream which diverts the course of the stream if it goes down a bad place then you've got to divert the stream back to the right course uh, in yeah. this case he made it better for himself he was a bit of a uh, yeah a bit of a prick made it better for himself <laughs> yes uh, well i mean the reason that he, the way he screwed it up was that he tried to f- save his father from getting hit by the car yes he's like oh my god my dad's gonna be killed and he knocked him out of the way his father ran off and his mother his mother's florence nightingale affection went on to him yeah that's all weird i always wonder about that you gotta wonder if years later does anyone ever acknowledge the fact that their son looks really really weirdly like calvin klein back in high school who only turned up for a couple of weeks Mm, and the yeah like oh he looks just like that guy you had a crush on before you met your dad and everyone would go when was the pregnancy no it was years later it's fine it's okay because he's not the eldest yeah. kid years so, later he's not the eldest kid so so obviously didn't but you're like did did calvin klein hang around and in town and uh, is secretly having it off with the mum like you'd be wondering yeah you'd have to, you'd have to go it's weird. he does look weirdly like that guy that who who is not just a random background character who was like playing rock and roll and everyone recognized him like he would have been like a, a that cool dude who vanished mysteriously anyway yeah, yeah. suspicious suspicious so well maybe maybe the fact that their relationship is so much stronger now because it was based on a, an act of uh, bravery rather yeah. than an act of peeping tomery yes then uh, maybe that relationship's so strong that they never would have even crossed anyone's mind or maybe, like there's no way Lorraine, Lorraine would have done that maybe their relationship is so strong and they're so comfortable with themselves they're polyamorous and they just go sure you can have kids with other people whatever that Calvin Klein guy what, what an awesome idea go and do that but that's what Back to the Future is. It's opening up lots of possibilities. Mm. You, the, the universe is not fixed. It's It can be changed by a, a little tiny thing occurring all the way back then. In fact, uh, be, be super careful if you go back in time. Super careful. Uh, there's a, there's a, a, a short story called The Sound of Thunder that was turned into what I believe is a terrible movie. I never saw that particular one mm-hmm. um, where they're going back to, uh, to hunt dinosaurs. Like they... they <laughs> I'm on board. It's, yeah, these um, there's a there's a time travel agency. What what's going to happen is you want to hunt the biggest game there is, T Rex. We found a T Rex who was going to die anyway when a branch fell on top of him. So what we do is we take all our clients back to that very moment. We've got hovering catwalks that don't touch anything. <laughs> you shoot the T Rex, he dies. The tree lands on top of him. Everything's exactly the same. Don't. Do anything other than that. Do not step off the off the floating catwalk. 
So this guy steps off the floating catwalk, and 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 the, the guy's like, "Get the, get back on the catwalk! What the, what are you, we especially told you?" He's like, "Ah, oh, it's not, it's fine." They shoot the T Rex, it collapses. They go back in time. The guy's like, "You should not have gotten off the catwalk. Who knows what you've done?" He's like, "It's fine." And they get back, and like, it's all Nazis and cat people. <laughs> and he looks at his boot, and there's like a dead butterfly in the the tread marks of his boot. It's always you're always waiting, always waiting for the Nazis to spring out of dead time butterflies. It's like, what is? What is Oh, God, we're going to of nuts. Is that what's happening nowadays, Dan, in modern, modern politics? Does someone go back in time and stepped on a butterfly? Because there seems to be well, Nazis coming out of every goddamn orifice at the moment. That, well, there is that lovely idea that, like, time travellers are all trying to go back and kill Hitler. Yes, yep. And I, I do love the, the idea that whenever these time travellers go back, they always return and go, oh, everything's so much worse. Yeah. And, like, every, <laughs> and, and they realise that... This time travelers have already gone back to that part of time to make things as good as they can be. And the yep. only way they managed to beat the Nazis was to keep Hitler alive. <laughs> so you've got time travelers trying to defend Hitler from other time travelers. It's like, what, what's your role in the time corps? I'm the Hitler bodyguard. What? Look, I'm a hero. What's going on? Then great... further and further back, it's like, I bodyguard the butterflies. <laughs> There's a TV show called Travelers, uh, and it's about people coming back from time, and they but they inhabit the body. They don't they don't actually come back in time. They they find exactly when they're going to die, and just before they die, they erase their brains and overwrite them, uh, overwrite them, and then jump out of the way of the truck, or they can fix the future. That's the plan. Yeah, yeah, and that that solves your um you can't get and you can't get matter from nothing. Yes, you just you're just sending a signal back that goes into the brain. It's really horrible because they always die very the overwritten is horribly painful and they all scream, yell, froth, and fall to the ground. And I always feel really bad for the person. Like there's, there's one character who I think is I mean spoilers for spoilers for every movie, every TV show we're talking about at this point. There's one character who he's a cop at the in the in the pilot episode and he's and he's investigating these weird cults of time travelers, isn't that the time travelers? And at the end, he's got them all to rights. And they're like, oh, we're really sorry about this, but you actually fall down the elevator shaft and die. And he's like, no, I don't. You saved me. And they're like, oh, we're really sorry. And then he gets, ah! <laughs> and I went, but hang on. The only reason he was there was to hunt down time travelers. Yeah. Which shouldn't have been there. So you've killed, because they always go, morally, we're fine. We didn't kill him. We just, we, we've just taken the body. I'm like, no, mm. you killed him. You, you didn't actually kill him. But if you hadn't come back, then he wouldn't have been there to die. So and mm. I, I find that show really problematic. Yes. Well, the thing is, if you go back in time and you fix things, like you don't fix it for everyone. No. Like there are always going to be losses. But how do you know that it's? How do the people in the future know it's been fixed? They, Only the four people who travel back. No, they in that show they seem they have historians. Like one of the characters is called a historian, and they their whole power is they can, they've mentally recorded every historical record from from now to their time. They they know exactly what's going to happen. They they have these amazing eidetic memories. Ah, right. And so when they go back, things start to change. And the longer they're back in time, the more useless they become. Because the the world is changing, and they're like, "Quick, put all put all the money on Farlap and and win that race, and we'll make a billion dollars." We can, and then they, and it doesn't win, and they're like, "Oh, the, everything's changed," and so they become uh-huh. they're not very. So they do have a weird. The future seems to change based on their their changes. Otherwise, there what's is the point a, of them? There is a very good uh, time travel story in a video game called the Journeyman Project, Ooh. and uh, your job is you're you're a time uh, a, t- a time guard. 
and an alarm goes off, which means that something in the past has changed and the time ripple is coming for your time. Uh, right. So just like in Back to the Future, uh, Marty's brother and sister didn't immediately vanish from the photograph. Mm-hmm. They faded away. It took time for that to catch up with them. And that's a fairly crucial part to Back to the Future because it allows them to change the stuff and then travel through the time thing and end up in a different time thing. Yes, yeah. Um, so when Biff, old Biff travels back to the past and gives young Biff the almanac, Marty and Doc don't see that, like nothing changes in their future, mm. but as they travel past, they travel straight through what this sort of ethereal time wave Yeah, and it's to changed. where things have changed. Is it a separate, is that a separate... Is it the whole time stream's changed or has a whole new reality been created in that, in those movies? Yes. In Back to the Future, it seems like there's only one timeline and that it's getting changed. It's getting rewritten. Right. Uh, which is, um, a little bit like it's really good for, uh, for the excitement because you, their goal is to fix things and get it back to where it's correct, not for them to reach the endless, infinite multiverse where yeah. things didn't break. Very quickly mention Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's, which is the, they have the portal guns, they can dimensionally travel, but the creators of Rick and Morty specifically say they do not time travel. They have never time traveled. If you mm. think it's time travel, you're wrong. Uh, and there's like this one where, uh, Rick goes to get a pizza for the family and from a pizza place that's now been shut down, uh, as in years ago. They go, remember that great pizza joint? Oh, it shut, opens the portal, steps in, steps out with a pizza, I mean. And then he specifically says, I didn't time travel. I went to a dimension where that pizza place still opens, that there was a pizza on the desk that I stole. So you mm. specifically mention that because I don't want yeah. it. They don't want you to go, oh, they're time traveling because yeah. Yeah. otherwise it's just back to the future. Yeah. Except for the pilot episode where they hadn't actually decided to do that yet. And Rick does time travel and comes back with beams back in in a second and goes, oh my God, it's been years for me, Marty. But isn't, but hang on, isn't that. No. Isn't no, that? No, it isn't. No, no, no. That's the, no. That's when he goes to the world where all the women love old people. Yep. No, but that's just a place where time travels slower. So it's a dimension where time travel. He didn't time travel. He he went to a place that was close to a black hole, let's say, and he had lots of sex, and he came back, and because he was close to the black hole, the time travel was uh, the time was slower than it was for, for Morty. That's not what they say in the commentary. Is it? Ah, oh, damn it. Ah, oh, <laughs> boo, boo. Good justification, though. Oh, see, I can, I can get me on board, Rick and Morty people. I can fix up your problems. In the Journeyman Project, oh, yeah. this, this time changing wave is rapidly coming towards him where he lives in the future, where everything's space age and stuff. And his job is to immediately travel through time backwards to the prehistoric time where there has been a, a hard disk with all of humanity's information saved in a cave surrounded by dinosaurs <laughs> so he goes back to get this information there's no like puzzles about escaping from dinosaurs he just needs to get the information so yep. he can travel back to the future and then compare them and figure out what's been changed oh i see which is yep. such a clever way of keeping that safe so yep. the information on that disc doesn't change magically like say the um the photograph in back to the future and here's a here's a part of back to the future that is a bit of a plot hole even if Marty and his brother and sister were vanishing and were never born because Lorraine and George never got together, who took a picture of just some bushes? Especially in that era where you haven't just got a million cameras madly flashing. 
Yeah. It's a bit strange. There's a, there's a role-playing game called Continuum, which I think handles time travel really well. In Continuum, you're all time travelers. Every player character, everyone in the, in the Continuum is a, is a time traveler and it's built into them. So it's like a, you get surgically altered and now you can travel through time at thought. And what I like about that one is if I was sitting on my couch, and I went to get a beer, and I was, oh, I'm going to get a beer, and, I'm gonna, and I drank my beer, and then I went back in time and stole the beer from the, that I took out of the fridge. So the beer is no longer there. Mm-hmm. So the problem here now is, well, I know there's a beer there because I I went and drank it earlier on in my timeline. Mm-hmm. So that's a paradox, and you've just destroyed the universe. The universe is now dead, kind of like your wave concept. So the universe is now over because you stole a beer from yourself. But mm-hmm. what happens is these continuum people they actually feel that as a as a whole in time and that the history is now unraveling it from that point there's like a scar over that time and you've got to fix it and that's that's how they get around it. it's like a, a conscious choice to fix the universe and so what you do is you just go back to the so i jumped in stole my own beer before i turn up again to get that beer i've got to jump in and put another beer there so as long mm. as as long as my perception is correct that what as long as the timeline seems to go from Greg stole beer, then Greg found a beer in the fridge and drank it. As long as some, someone put the beer back, it's all fine. The universe has fixed itself at that point. It's right. come, it comes down to the observer effect. So as long as my timeline makes sense to me, then everything's fine. It doesn't matter if I didn't see the massive number of beer manufacturers making beer and putting it in my fridge. So so if it's if a, if a tree steals beer in the forest and no one's around to see it drinking the beer, yep. did it really steal it? That's right. And more to the point, kind of like you said with Hitler, there's actually they do there's people like people do go back in time and madly shoot Hitler. I killed Hitler. And and then people the time travels turn up and say, "Oh, don't you didn't kill Hitler. You're the 50th person to do that. You just killed an actor who's playing Hitler. <laughs> and you're like, what do you mean? It's like, well, hang on. Hi, this is Jim. And Jim turns up going, hi. And he's like putting a little Hitler mustache and little and Hitler glasses. And he's like, well, I guess I'm Hitler now. And they just drag the corpse away and they, get, they have a, and they go, he's got to do the Hitler things. Hitler's been killed many times. We keep having to replace him because of idiots like you. And they're like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Yeah, you did bloody know. Like slap on the head. But I like the idea of history as a narrative. It's a story. And as long as you can tell the story and it makes all logical sense from your point of view and everyone's point of view, then it's fine. I mean, right now, there could be a time-traveling Greg in the other room recording my conversation, and I, which I am. It's me in the future, but I don't know he's there. I have no concept. So if he's, not, if, if he's behind the wall, how do I know he's there? I don't. So it's fine. You're always complaining that you can hear all your neighbors behind their walls. That's true. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me recording myself for the future. Who knows? (laughs) Well, I mean, the idea that a paradox will blot out the universe is a very uh, Hollywood movie concept. Mm. Just like it's something that Doc Brown said and everyone's like, okay, that's how paradoxes work. It blows up the universe. (laughs) Um, Which it could – there is a way that you could have a look at it. The the Time Machine film that came out in 2001 – did this thing where it said, well, why can't I travel back to the universe where my my girlfriend doesn't get killed in some horrible incident? Because every time he travels back to save her, she always dies. Yes. They say, well, if you saved her, you never would have made the time machine because you would yeah. have been too happy with her. That's why you can't save her. And so if you think of 
the universe as being like uh, at every point uh, the universe separates into an infinite amount of multiverses and then they separate again like a tree yeah. with like lots and lots of branches, then if you go back, you can only travel back to a universe that allows you to travel back, to, that allows time to progress in such a way that that tra- time machine will still allow you to travel back. Yes. So yeah. you just can't land on a universe where that person survives, even though it, because we're human, we feel like we have some control over the future. We don't because th- it, it, there's no way for it to exist. That seems like a halfway house between, and I don't mean that in a negative way, that does seem like a halfway between you go back and the, you change the river of the universe to the change in what direction to go to, to you cannot change things. The, it, the past is set. So whatever you do, so if you go back in time and try and save the person you love, and they, they're going to die anyway, because the universe is like, no, everything is set. All you've done is, is delay the inevitable, or you've changed it around, or so there's kind of a weird... This motivation to the universe? Well, no, it's just the. It's like watching a film reel. If you go back and and edit yourself into the film reel, like with CGI, it doesn't mean that you can interact really with the rest of the universe. That person, that that film reel, will still run in that direction forever. Uh, you just put yourself in, CGI yourself in. Uh, well, I mean, that, that brings us to the other type, the other major type of time travel. Because Back to the Future, you go back. And you change stuff and everything in the future changes and all your kids look remarkably like you. Yes. <laughs> but in uh, 12 Monkeys, for instance, mm. you go back and you try to change things. You try to make things different. And the very fact that you're trying to make things different is what results in the future that you came from. Like the universe is hard locked. Yes. And in that universe, you, from a, from a chronological point of view, you appeared in like, and, and went, I'm a time traveler from the future. Yeah. And then you lived and then you, uh, and then maybe you traveled back, maybe you vanished mm-hmm. and said, I'm going back to the future and vanished, or maybe you stayed in the past. But everything that you did is what led to the point of you going, I'm going to travel back to the past now and yeah. landing on that thing. And from a physical point of view, a bunch of mass was created spontaneously at one point yeah. and then vanished again later. Yeah, if, if, you're, if you're physically time traveling, yeah, that's that's a that's a problem, isn't it? See, for me, that's the, that sort of time travel story is from not from the personal narrative concept. That's from the universe universe's perspective of here is my story. Here's my universe's story from from second one to second infinity. At second mm. ten, Dan Beeson appeared. Dan Beeson had adventures, and at second fifteen, Dan ran away and went back, vanished back into somewhere yeah. else. And then at, at second thirty-five, Dan reappeared again, uh, mm. and then he vanished from from second thirty-six or whatever. So the universe goes: this is how it always happens, step by step by step. Yeah. From your point of view, it doesn't look like that, but from the universe's point of view, that's the way it is. Yeah. Except that from your point of view, it did feel like that because that's what Cole experienced in Twelve Monkeys is that he remembered these events happening and then he went back and he, the very fact that he was trying to avoid what he thought was the, the problem led to those events happening that he'd already experienced. Oh, okay. so he already had memories of them. So it was Yeah, like- and the same thing happens in uh, Terminator. So yes. Terminator's like that. He's just like, well, h- how did you go back? Like, why, did, why were you chosen to go back in time? And it's like, well, because I know that you're, you go back and you are my father and you have sex with my mother and then yes. I am conceived. Yes, that's right. So, 
so that's a hard-locked future. The, the, the Terminators were always destined to fail. I, I had a great th- – okay, just to yeah, explain that, though, Kyle Reese is supposedly sent back by John Connor because John Connor knows that Kyle Reese is his father, even though John Connor – sorry, Kyle Reese is younger yep. than him in the future. And so it's, it's like he's creating his own loop. I had a great theory recently that that's actually a massive lie. Sarah Connor told John Connor, your dad's Kyle Reese. Your dad's Kyle Reese. But actually her dad was some random no one. She shags at the, she actually has a date at the first, she's going on a date in the first yeah. movie or just came back from a date. And so the idea is that's the father of John Connor, just a one night stand. But she knows <laughs> if she tells people that the Terminators will come and kill him. So she tells the son, no, no, your dad's this guy who came back to save me. So even if they kill Kyle Reese, it doesn't actually matter. John Connor will still be born. So it's like a double bluff. And I went, that's the best. Ah. That's the absolute best. Uh, I mean, and, then, silly and then the other thing is in Terminator 2, um, they, she, they're all talking about, oh, there's no fate but the one you make. Yes. But they end up – and so they try to stop the Terminators being made. Yes. So that then Terminator 2 is more a back to the future story. Yeah. Where they, where it's the, it's a different type of time travel. But how do you make one time travel happen and one not? You can't mix those two time it, travels together. I'm okay with those two movies because I, here's, it, cause two separate movies and it, yeah, it can be different times. Terminator 1, yes, time travel is set, everything's set. That's what they think. And a Terminator 2 to me is Linda Hamilton's character, um, Sarah Connor going, no, no, we're wrong about this. We're told nothing can be changed, but who's telling us that? The machines. Of course they're going to tell us that because they're lying bastards who don't want us to change what we're doing. So yeah, but the thing is, Kyle Reese, he needed to be sent back to Father John Connor. Yes. And there's no reason, like, the only reason for that to happen is for it to already have happened and for it to already have happened. Yes. Like, no, you can't start that up. Yes, I, I, I agree. I agree with that. So there is, but the fate, there is no fate but what we make. Yes, you're right. There's a loop that came in that started with him fathering and being sent back. But if John Connor in the future says, does, says, no, I'll send someone else and he's not, and that's, let's say, Carl Reese is his dad. That's the main theory. Then he's not born. And so time would change. So it would be bad for him, but he could do it according to, according to Sarah Connor in the second movie. You can change time. Well, it's dumb. It's dumb is what it is because you can't mix them. Like the, you, because there's no way you could specifically ask a particular thing to happen. You can't be sit there and go, because, okay, here's the, it's the quantum butterfly thing. Yep. You back, you step on your, on your butterfly yep. and then Hitler's like cat people and Nazis. Yep. So the only re, the only way that that locked that, universe. That makes perfect happens, sense, by the way. Cat people who have evolved from cats becoming Nazis. I can see that. That's a, that's a, that's not too far. So like if you, if that's happening, then the only way that a fixed universe where everything happens exactly the way it did the last time, yep. then, uh, then you, like you, if, oh, I see you, what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It's, yes. it's frozen. Like, yes. and, it, and it means there's no multiverse. There's no changing of time. It is a very sensible way of thinking about yeah. time, but that's okay because it's all fixed in the, in the, in the, um, artistic triumph of Terminator <laughs> three In Terminator three rise of the machines. The, the machines it, get back and it's they, all, then... it's, everything was set. It was all going to happen the way it was going to happen. So basically they went, T2 is a heap of crap. As we all accept that, please send all hate mail to Dan at smartenough.org. Terminator and... 2 is the best film of the, of the three, <laughs> but Terminator 1 and 3 are the ones who were su- ascribed to the 12 monkey style. Mm. Predestination. Yep. 
does the same thing. This It was a very complicated story with time travellers coming back and interacting with each other, but they never changed the way that everything is... Um, that, that everything changes. Uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner, Prisoner of Azkaban oh, yeah. does the same thing. Was it time, time twisters, time twirlers? The, the time twirler, and, yes. and it means that Hermione, she knows that she can't go and change anything in time, but if she hasn't seen it, yes. then ma- that must be how she did it the first time. And yes. it's all, it all intermashes, it all locks in together. And There's a time-travelling Hermione yeah. happening at some point. Uh, so the British seem to be really good at accepting that they can't change anything. <laughs> right. Like, cause these are all British stories almost. Well, well, hang on. Let's talk about the greatest one of all, Doctor Who. Well, let's, le- let's leave that for a little bit later. Because <laughs> Doctor, Who's, Doctor Who's a very special case. Okay, all right. Well, okay. Very exciting one. We're going to talk about a little bit more about the multiverse because we've sort of te- touched on that. Mm. Um, Terry Pratchett would always talk about the trousers of time, how mm. whenever a decision is made, it sort of bifurcates into a whole bunch of separate universes. And that's sort um, of based on, uh, I wouldn't say real science, but concepts in in um, in in quantum physics. The hmm. idea, and of... uh, it's all tied into the double slit experiment. Yes, yeah. Which I think I, I think it just shows we have a profound misunderstanding of how it's all working. To be perfectly honest, but the idea I, I don't like. I like the idea of Occam's razor a lot more than I like the idea of infinite universes. Every time a snail farts, it's like no. The universe always likes to make things simple and small and one thing and. Except, yeah, so quantum physics was like every time a, a, a leaf blows, a billion universes is formed. You're like, I, I don't think so. Well, as long as that's how you feel, we can rule out their hypotheses, I guess. Well, well there's, there's no hypotheses, though. That's, these are just, this is, what they're saying is this is what this seems to be pointing at. But what I'm saying is I think that just shows a profound misunderstanding based on we're only just baby stepping into the universe. It's kind of like when people went, what causes the weather? I know the trees seem to move when it's windy. It's the trees. The trees create the wind. And you're like, well, it's a misunderstanding of what's going on. So that's, that's, what, that's, what that's what I'm saying. I think that's a misunderstanding of an old Stephen Wright joke. The problem with the multiverse is that it's not very narratively stimulating because what it implies is that even when the hero has a million to one shot, there's always going to be an a universe in which case that happens, and that's just the one that we're watching. Yes. And there's, a, there's 900,000 universes where it just goes completely pear-shaped. Yeah. And none of those universes are any more important or less important than the other. It's just that we're going to watch the one where it succeeds. And yeah, that's our, not, that, our focus is on one of them. That's right. Yeah, yes. and that's not actually very exciting. No, like that's, there's, no, there's no narrative imperative to do anything at any point. You have yeah. no reason to achieve, strive, because if you don't, don't worry. The other version of you is winning the Nobel Prize for being the sexiest person on the planet. And you're like, well, okay, well, I've done it. Yay me. I'm going to yeah. eat pretzels until I explode. And it, it means that if you go back in time uh, in order to change stuff and it goes wrong, like it was always going to go wrong. Like you you went back and you, and you landed in a slightly different multiverse where yeah. the things that went wrong – we're in that that stream. It's really just that it's with that sort of universe, that sort of time travel uh, idea in the universe. It really comes down to quite a selfish time travel is a very selfish thing. It's just oh, in all these possible universes, there's horrible stuff going down in like everywhere. I'm just going to take myself out of the horribleness and put myself in the goodness. And you're like, mm. oh, okay, that's that's good for you. But what about the multiple other versions of you and everyone else are all being eaten by dragons or whatever? Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't help well, they- anyone. 
they do delve into that in Rick and Morty a little bit, so far as multiverse stuff. It's yes. like, this well, is the yes. family we left behind. Yeah. And that, that's the stuff that we've been talking about, like Back to the Future and Terminator 2 and Frequency is one where they, where she communicates with her dad across a, her dead father across a radio. And she was, she's able to give him the information that he can use to stay alive and to avoid being hurt. Ah, yes. But then, so yeah, frequency, her mother died and, or something like that. And she, but she's able to send information back that affects her present mm. by just sending it through the radio. Yes. There's Looper where they, he's actually affecting his own past and playing with his own past as he travels back in time each time. And things happen. Uh, I dislike Looper intensely because I don't like the idea of, Okay, in the past, you send a message back, you cut that guy's finger off, and suddenly you look down and your finger's gone. So things are changing in real time, but only on small levels, only to you, only to your finger. So, but surely that maybe, that, losing that finger would have meant I couldn't have, I couldn't have saluted the general and got the promotion. You know, there's reasons, there's bigger changes. Whoa, there. that's very ableist. That's right. right there. Well, <laughs> people with missing fingers can still salute, Greg. That's true. What are you yeah. trying to say? <laughs> it's true. That's, I'm sorry. I'm it, sorry. It people does with downplay fingers. the butterfly effect. Though. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's local. It's so localized, weirdly mm. localized. Yeah, which uh, is weird because the butterfly effect is not actually one of these films. Right. <laughs> so uh, Donnie Darko's one where he can he. He experiences time and then travels back through time and changes it. It also seems to be that he can perceive time. That's why you have those that weird that um, ghost thing coming out of your chest. So, mm. it, and it's almost like time becomes a visible dimension in Donnie Darko. It's not explored as such, but I kept wondering what that thing, the chest thing, was. And, mm. and but then that's going... that's all time travel is: is experiencing a different time. Yes, that's right. So he was seeing himself in different times as well. Uh, now, in Donnie Darko, did he change his past? Yes, because he was killed. Yes, he decided to sacrifice himself to save everyone else. Yes, okay. The butterfly effect is a really odd one, actually, because it's it's a static timeline. It's our it's our Bruce Willis one where his his intelligence or his his concept of the future gets thrown back in time into his own body. Mm. He blacks out. His future self experiences it with the knowledge he now knows. Uh, is happening. Yes. He's able to watch stuff unravel. But then partway through the film, he starts to make changes to what's happening. Mm. And then it changes from one style of time travel to the other style of time travel. Ah, okay. So, so he's, he starts to gain the ability to change it, but there's no mechanism for that. Yeah. I mean, you can always mix time travel in a time travel movie and it'll make kind of sense narratively, but it doesn't make any sense why why it should be possible to go from one to the other. There's no scientific mechanism. Yeah. It's just, oh, this this time it just happened to do that. Well, it, I guess you could say once you have knowledge of that time is static, you can change it because it's not actually static. It's just always been static. But then you've got to say to yourself, why are you the first person to work that out? Why are you the person changing time for the first time? It seems unlikely. Uh yeah, and it, all I, those wonderful films are people trying. They know that the that everything's about to happen, and they either they end up getting stuck anyway. They yes. can't change it. Yes. and everything that they do, they were always supposed to have done. Source code's actually running inside a simulated universe. Oh, that's so that's oh, kind oh, of a multiverse oh, situation. Okay. I didn't see it. So. It's good. It's, it's fun. Good. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Well worth it. Project Almanac. This guy sees himself in footage recorded decades ago. So what does that tell you? Single static universe, everything that's that can oh, possibly happen. Yes, because he hasn't travelled in time yet, 
So it's not like Back to the Future, because in Back to the Future, you go back in time, then you come back to the future, and then things have changed. He saw himself in the past, therefore he's like, I've got to create time travel to get back into the past. He's got to be, he knows that he's got to get back into the, into the past. Yeah, he right. turns up at his, at his childhood birthday party. But you could also say, well, I'm going to end up getting into the past because I saw myself in the past. So I might as well just sit here and eat pretzels because the universe is going to make sure I get into the past. I don't have to invent time travel. It's going to happen. If you found out that you were going to get to time travel and you saw a photo of yourself at about the same age, wouldn't you move heaven and earth to try to make that happen because time travel is amazing? But I don't need to because it's going to happen. Are you going to be? You're not going to be patient about that. But if it's but if I look the same age, you're, you're like, it's if, gonna, if I look very similar to I look now, then obviously someone's going to take me. I just have to wait for the, for the person to come and go. You have to time travel. Like, I know. I saw myself. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. Or, or you're going to go. Oh well, how would that even happen? Oh, my dad did have those plans for that invention that he left me. I better open up this envelope. Oh, look, this is how it happens. I'm going to be a contrary bastard and go. No, I'm not. No, I'm going to sit here. It's like ding dong. That's still uh, awesome. Actually, Dan that's a good story. Like Dan Beeston died, and he left his time travel plans. Greg, Greg, here's a picture of you in the past. Build my ship. No, Dan, I won't. I refuse. I'm going to sit here and eat pretzels. Mmm, pretzels. Oh, pretzels. And then, then your, your ghost the comes and slaps me. comes through and, like, builds it accidentally. It's like, the million to one chance. <laughs> How did you know, Greg, that the power source was pretzels? Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah, there's no way out. There's no way out in that. That's right. So, I like, that sounds idea. like a... Actually, I like in our version, Dan, that you just... Your ghost would come and slap me until I built it. <laughs> yeah, Greg, I like that. you have to build it. I won't, Dan. I will kick you in the nuts. You're a ghost. You don't know the rules. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Every time you're sleeping, nut shot. <laughs> but it's fixed. It's like it's like predestined. Yes. Okay. So, if the, if the universe is like Back to the Future, he'd have to travel back, peer... Yeah, everything I just said. Obviously, a director with great subtlety would keep this in mind, making the rest of this wonderful film. Yes. Okay. So this is a film directed by Michael Bay. (laughs) In the very next scene, he writes on the back of his own neck in a marker pen, and that ink appears on the back of his neck while he's doing it. He breaks his own rule in the second scene of the trailer. Can't do that. It breaks it. It just breaks it. There's no mechanism to go from one version to the other. Yeah. So what about, what's your feelings about one of the greatest time travel movies ever, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? We're going to get to that. Ooh. It's almost like I know what's going to happen in the future. I've time traveled here. But we're not going to get there just yet because oh, okay. we are going to we're going to have a quick look yes. at the, one of the most romantic films ever made. Oh, yay! Kate and f- Leopold is a movie where Leopold, played by Hugh Jackman, very nice, accidentally falls back through time uh, fall- into the future. Yeah, so he falls falls in time, falls forward through time, yep. and meets Meg Ryan, and they fall in love. And isn't he like an aristocrat from the seventeenth century or something? He is. He yeah. is. And I think that his his son creates the elevator or something. Oh, and cool. so as soon as he ends up in the future... The, <laughs> does, he, does he fall through time in an elevator? He does not. He jumps off a bridge through a wormhole. Oh, that makes, much, that makes perfect sense. Like, Meg Ryan's brother is a mathematician <laughs> a who discovered a time travel portal. Leopold's son invents the elevator or something, and as soon as he comes through the wormhole, suddenly all the elevators in the city vanish. Because he doesn't have a son. Yeah, he doesn't have a son because he's now he's in the future, so that's that's gone. So and no one would ever consider that concept ever. So at any rate, everything's changed, and it, like he, so it's Back to the Future style. Yes, Back to the Future, and then he travels back. He, like the, the, there's the, and it's it's actually a really solid film for the first seven eights, and then he travels back 
he, he ends up back in his own time yes. and Meg Ryan thinks that, that he doesn't love her and that there's no chance for her and that they, she, she couldn't even travel. She, he's gone forever. Yes. And then she looks at a photograph of the party that she knows that he was at and sees herself in the picture. Oh! oh someone fucked up. Someone <laughs> dropped the ball. Someone yes. came in at the last minute and yes. rewrote Kate and Leopold so that it was a more fun movie instead of being correct time travel. Yeah. Someone worked their ass off and cared about that story and then some motherfucker came through after test viewings and fucked the time travel up. Romance is an interesting one, though, because there are quite a lot of romantic films, like romantic time travel films. Ooh, ooh, can, I, can I guess the next one? Can I guess, can I guess one? Can I guess one? The Lake House. Keanu the Lake Reeves. House. Keanu Reeves. the next one. Oh, yes. But it was, it was just after the next one. Oh, okay. So okay. Fair enough. Okay. skip to that if you like. Okay. The Lake House. Have you seen, have you watched The Lake House? I, I, no, I have not. I've only just read reviews of it. I'm not, I'm synopses of it. Yes. Yeah. And did the reviews, were the reviews favorable? It was that time when everyone mocked Keanu Reeves before he became John Wick and everyone loved Keanu Reeves again. Or so, too scared to mock him. We, we, yeah, well, there's a bit of, a bit of both <laughs> maybe. So no, it wasn't, they weren't favorably reviewed. It's ridiculous because the last time they were in a movie, yeah. It was feet. So yeah, yeah. this is the natural extension is time, obviously. <laughs> like the lake house is a perfect, is, is a great film. Is it, is it, is it a sequel? Is it like, if, if the clock, it is if not the, a sequel. If the clock goes above one second per second, the bus explodes. <laughs> Damn it. Causality crumbles. Yeah. They're both at the same lake house, but they're a year apart and they're That's sending right. letters to each other. Well, yeah, one of them lives at the lake house and then they're gone by the time the next one turns up. But they, whenever they put the letter in the mail, they get the other person's mail. And they, so they're sending letters to, to each oh. other through the mailbox. So they're just sending information to each other. And it seems that the whole – and the timeline in that one is locked solid. Right. So when something happens there – then the, that explains why the footprints were there. But they start to toy around and, oh, maybe the future's not quite so solid. It's a situation where it doesn't really define what sort of time travel it is. Yeah. Because right. it doesn't need to. Because no one's traveling. They're no. just sending information. Sending second. As opposed to about time. Oh, yes. Which I'm, is now is like it's like three years old. It's already as problematic as friends. But about time, because you don't like about time. And I do not like and I do like About Time. It's one of those ones that I was really surprised. And I, I get why you don't like it now, like talking about time travel stuff. But I like About Time as a movie. Well, it's just – it's not even the time travel. The time travel's broken. Yes, like, yes. Go into a cupboard and close his eyes and come out of the cupboard and he's he's inhibiting his own body, I think. He, no. He, no, no, no. He, he travels. He, he, he just travels through time. Up. Yes, yeah. And he travels does. through time and space, I think. Yes, he, yeah, basically, yeah. Just turn up at his childhood home or something. He, yeah, and he can, and he can, that's right. So when he steps out of the cupboard, he also he can only travel in his own lifetime. That's, that's the, that's the rule. You can't go back yeah. before your own lifetime. Like there's this big thing where he goes back and he, he's had a kid and then he goes back in time and he comes, he returns to his own time and goes, Oh my God, my kid's someone different. That yeah. butterfly effect. What a clever idea. The kid yeah. looks completely different. He's not the kid that he left. And then the, he goes back and talks to his father, who's dead. Also, Bill Nye. Oh, my God. Bill well, well, Nye. Well, he goes back to his dad in the past and says, oh, this what this happened. And he went, yeah, that happens. You can't travel back before your kid. Yeah. Because otherwise, a different kid, it'll be a different egg and a different or a different yes. sperm and a completely different set of results and a different child. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, so I can never travel back to before I have my kid or it's a different kid. So that's a lock for me. 
but then he, he somehow manages he can, to undo that. He can. That's the, yeah, that's true. And he can go back. He has to understand there are consequences to going back, and the consequence yes. is you'll come back to a different kid because, as you said, different sperm, different egg. I agree that it sucks that somehow he worked out a way of of having sex with his partner and having a, at the right time to the right sperm got. So he, yes, that that is a cheat. I I admit that. Yeah, a they cheat. go butterfly effect. Uh, except that you can undo it once you realize it's happening. Yeah, and and they shouldn't have been. They, once again, I'm willing to bet in the original version, there's no way of fixing it because there had to be a price. Because the price was he was trying to save his suicidal sister, and I said so yeah. that was that was the reason to go. I either save my sister and change my child, or I don't save my sister and uh, my child is the same. And that was the because then the sister goes, "Don't save me, don't be an idiot." And so I can see what they were trying to do, the cost of time travel. But yes, it is sad that. Things I do like about that movie, I love the idea of the time traveling men in that family, and like as you said, the dad dies, and but you can still go visit him. So time mm. is very mutable in that movie. Yeah, and it's a little bit creepy too, because he he starts it, he accidentally meets her, but then he screws that up and yes. erases that. But then he like forces this meeting yeah. using his knowledge of time travel, and you're like, oh, that seems it's, problematic. It's Yeah, it, it can be. I mean, the whole power imbalance thing of, of uh, people talk about Groundhog Day and you know learning everything about someone loves and then using it to make them fall in love. Is that creepy, rapey stuff, or is that romantic stuff? And you're like, well, it's a, it's a Venn diagram, isn't it? It is a, it is a huge Venn diagram where you decide to sit in it. Uh, and I guess in about time, it's the same. It's like he, you could argue that he wants to be the best person because he loves this woman and he wants to be the best person for her. So he learns everything he can to be the best person for her. So that shows he's good. But on the other hand, you can go, you're a creepy, creepy time traveling <laughs> voyeur prick. Uh, and you should probably get murdered in a combine harvester. So just because it's romantic doesn't stop it from being horrific. No, that's I, I think, uh, <laughs> and that sums up human relationships, ladies and gentlemen. Time travel is a great conceit for relationships because ultimately it's a very human thing to want to change the things that have already happened. The absolution of guilt and it's about regret and loss, and these are all very human emotions. So that's why time travel is so exciting. Mm. There's all these things you look back and you're like, oh wait, you know, that's a, you get sent to an alien world to become a vanguard of, of destruction when you finally reveal your true self to your fellow podcaster, you know, all that sort of stuff. Things that you wish you hadn't done. Is that is that is that the is that Highlander two that you're talking about? I there? think so. I think so. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. 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 As I've been saying, you can't break time travel because there needs to be a mechanism to switch it from one to the other. Mm. Or Dan from, will slap you. Or, well, or it just doesn't make sense. Yes. It doesn't, it's not a logical thing. Yeah, yeah. It's unsatisfying. You, You're right. You're it's, right. It's, it's unsatisfying. And it doesn't make sense. Yeah. The only way that you could do it... If you're in a static universe, then maybe you're just in one string of the multiverse and you're stuck in that one string. Hmm. So if the time machine could take you to that point in such a way that it always went down that string that got you to the same spot, Hmm. then that that would be a static one. And then if the time machine could take you down to a different point in the multiverse that was or a different jumping off point and set you off in a different direction. Yes. And this is this is under the assumption that free will doesn't exist which I'm very happy to make. And <laughs> the only way that you could possibly do that is if your time machine had a knowledge of every possibility yes, and knew what you wanted and, and what benefited you from which particular situation, you need a sentient time machine. Yep. Yeah, you need a time machine that is almost a god under the 
octagon console in the center of it. That's right. And, and that's very sexy as well. That's right. I used to get quite upset with episodes of Doctor Who because some of them <laughs> would like reach around themselves and go back to the beginning yep. and go, oh, well, we're a static universe. And then some, ep- some episodes would be like, we have to change time. Mm. And in Doctor Who, it, it's actually, there's a, there's a, there's more stuff going on there. The TARDIS knows how to guide you or can take you to any particular point where the driver doesn't necessarily know whether it's this or that. But at the same time, the driver is a time Lord who can, s- kind of see when there are fixed points in time yep. and kind of blend the static uh, universe where you can't escape your future and the multiverse where you can change stuff so that everything's for the better. It's not multiverse though, because they went into the multiverse for the Cybermen episodes. The first, like the, um, the first time the modern Cybermen came back, I think the second time. And that mm. was an actual multiverse change. And that was a really weird thing. Right. They, they right. blasted through the wall. So it's not multiverse. They're just changing time. They're changing time, but at the same time, you can change time or you sometimes you just can't change time. Yeah, and even then, the, the Doctor learns a lot of things. I, just, I want to give a good line, though. I always have the line about the TARDIS. Clara Oswald asks the 12th Doctor, Peter Capaldi's Doctor, how do you pilot it? You, you don't pilot the TARDIS. You mm-hmm. negotiate with it. <laughs> and and he, he gives it that kind of, like, even negotiation is probably a bit too strong a word. The TARDIS goes where she wants to go kind of thing. Uh, and they fight it, like him constantly, like, ah, oh, damn it! They're hitting things and making it and then sweet-talking it. So, yeah, um, it's, I think also the Doctor learns at different times, the David Tennant Doctor, the 10th Doctor, like, there there are set periods of points in time he can't break. And then later on, the 11th Doctor learns you can break them. So they can be broken. The, the rules get very wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Let's just put it that way. Mm. I, I, I think they never mattered. In the past, the TARDIS really was like a boat, a canoe between islands, and you would paddle the canoe from time point to time point and have an adventure and then paddle yeah. away. It wasn't really a time machine in the way we're thinking of it as changing time. It was just a device that took the Doctor and his companions, or her companions now, where they needed to go. But that all changed in the I don't era. see alien gender. <laughs> but nowadays in the modern Doctor, they became very timey-wimey back and forth. I love that term. I love, I know it's dumb, but wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey because it, it, it's just hand-waving away all the problems. It's like, look, you're a human. You're not a Time Lord. You can't understand this. Wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey. Yeah, it's a lovely attempt to not be patronizing yes. where he's just like, oh, there's, how do I explain this to you? Oh, look, I'm just going to give up. <laughs> uh, it's this ridiculous thing. I, I just said so that, okay, so I know that that's a terrible explanation, but I also understand and trust that it's probably not useful to me. You're anyway. not, yeah, you can't, you can't understand it. Even though he kind of looks like a sexy 30 something, he's, well, now, now, yeah, he's now like, or she's now like a 2000 year old alien time lord. <laughs> you can't get this. You're not getting this. Yeah. You're not. Forget it. It's they, and I, that's why I like some people really hate it. I like the 11th doctor, the Matt Smith doctor because he became magical and not that he was magical. He's still a scientific hero, but mm-hmm. he was portrayed as magical because it might as well be at that point. He's a, he's a magician doing real magic. He's he's Gandalf. Yeah, it's the difference between hard science fiction and soft science fiction. Like yeah. it's a it's a science fiction style adventure romp rather right. than hard science fiction. And sometimes you see some great scientific uh, sci-fi stuff in there, hmm. uh, it, like clever time travel things, or just a clever well, like Blink. solution. Blink is that's yeah. very clever. 
it's basically like Stephen Moffat sat down to do a crypto zoo about horror films where the monster comes up behind you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. I like the fact they killed you by sending you back in time. They didn't kill you. You just went in the past and they ate your remaining years. What a great thing. Like it, it uses time travel as a weapon. Yeah. We've seen that in the, the time machine, the 2001 time machine where they, they punched each other while the time machine was running and threw the guy out of the time machine and the guy was stuck and he just aged to death yes. in like a blink of a second. That's right. But from, from his point of view, he was basically stuck with his hand in an energy ball and just couldn't move for weeks. And was just like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. And he's constantly screaming. It's funny because they had the effect of him going, ah, as he like got old and his eyes fell away and his hair fell out and all the rest of his skin fell off and he died. But really, from his point of view, you'd have screaming, ah, and then you'd be, oh, I'm bored. Hey, bring me a book. Oh, thanks. Well, I'm assuming no one could find because he wasn't fed. Oh, right. Oh, Maybe he was fed. Maybe he had a really happy life but then screamed for like half a second every year just so that it looked right. <laughs> That's a great story. What a brilliant idea. Dying in the hands of a time traveler, but you live your life and you become like president of the world and you get married. But it's, it's like having a disability where you're immobile, but it doesn't mean you can't live a cool yeah. life. You're How like... did you murder him? I waited for him to die. <laughs> That's right. So what did that Morlock go on to do? Well, actually, he led the people to peace. He was a great man. He learned that from the time traveler who eventually killed him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what a monster. Yay. Uh, I would like to tell you but the best time travel movie. Oh, let's go. The best time travel movie. Yes. Is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Woo! It's the best movie because it it's so dumb. It shouldn't care about the rules of time travel. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter. Like it could be, it could be no. dude, dude, where's my TARDIS is <laughs> it's so dumb and goofy and silly and just a joy. It doesn't matter whether the time machine is right or not, which makes it so incredible that they get the time travel exactly right. Do and they, they really? use it in a way that is never used in 12 monkeys. Bruce Willis's character, Cole, he knows what's going to happen. He's experienced before. He knows exactly how it's going to happen, and he can't stop it from happening. Right. He's stuck in a static universe. Mm -hmm. Bill and Ted also know that they're in a static universe Mm. and that anything that they choose to do in the future, in the past, has already happened. And that's when they go, oh, what we'll do is after we rescue these guys, we'll we'll steal, go back in time, steal the keys from when my dad still had them, (laughs) and then we'll put them somewhere. How about behind that post? Here they are. Yeah, yeah. Like, no one has ever done that in a time travel story. <laughs> it is the cleverest piece of work in time travel narrative ever. Yeah. So good that they actually do revisit it in the second film, <laughs> where they play the time travel game against the other guy. Yeah. Against Chuck Denominos. It's such a clever idea. If you say, let's put the keys behind the rock, and the keys aren't behind the rock, you've got to start thinking, why? Why aren't yeah. the keys behind the rock? That gives you information. Yeah. That means we didn't put it there. Why didn't we put it there? Are we dead? Do we lose? Why do we lose? Okay. How do we make it win? Which is what makes, and this is spoilers for Bill and Ted's bogus journey, which is what, (laughs) you know, just for a minute, what makes that movie so clever is that's exactly how they think. Because both of the people are playing the time game. The the boys are playing the time game against Denomalous and tricking him into thinking that he's also playing the time game, (laughs) except that 
And that's how they tra- trap him. They're putting. That's how they stop him. He's already <laughs> in the cage, and he, he only one person can get access to the time machine. Yes. And, he's, and they set him up where he goes, "I have a gun," and it's a fake gun. Yeah, yeah. It is very, very clever, which makes me terrified oh. for Bill and Ted Three. Yeah. Because all I know about it is that Bill and Ted are for forty-five, fifty years old, and all this stuff that was supposed to happen yep. hasn't happened. Yeah. Which yeah. means that that's a different time travel rule. My, the only way I can think, because I thought the same, like, hang on, we know they did this, and now they're 50 mm, They're like the keys. Yes. They're like the keys behind the sign. Yeah, the, and Rufus went and got them. But I, I, I'm hoping that what maybe Rufus never said when they're going to become 70-year-olds and save the world, and they, they never asked when. They, they thought when they were young men, they'd, be, they'd do it when they were 25, 26, 27, mm. but, but now they only can do it when they're 70. You know, rejuvenation technology or whatever, I don't know. I, I worry. I, I do also worry. But it's also really exciting to see Keanu Reeves and... Alex Winter. Alex Winter. Together again. And, and looking kind of happy about it, not looking like we, we don't want to be here, like both of them going, this is hilariously fun, like interviews with them. It's just, ah, oh, it, it warmed the cockles of my heart. I think I think that's one of Keanu Reeves' best role. I think he's an amazing actor. And you watch Ted. That's not Keanu Reeves. That's an incredible set of acting decisions to make an iconic character. We think that that's Keanu Reeves because he he sort of played that dumb character right back at the start of his life. He comes quite a quite a thoughtful, quiet, pensive man. Mm. So uh, anyway, that's a yeah. I, I have a thing for Keanu Reeves now. By the way, oh, <laughs> he's pretty amazing. Yeah, well, you know, you've got to replace. Elon the, the devil Musk. Well, let's not go too far. Let, let's, let, well, maybe we should discuss that in another podcast. There's space for both of them in my life. I can change him, Dan. I can change him. <laughs> There's another time travel film I really love called Primer. Oh, God, Primer. Here we go. This is the moment when I went, oh, no, Dan gets this much better than I do. So, Because <laughs> you got Primer well before I got Primer. As in, you, you, you grokked it before I grokked it. Well before I grokked it. I don't even know I still grok it yet, but that's all fine. Yeah, oh, look, I, d- I don't understand what happened, but I understand what's happening. <laughs> Fair enough. That's time travel, baby. Well, it's, it's it's such a clever thing because usually in time travel, you step into a machine and it goes whiz for a moment, a minute and a half, and then sends you back. That's how our time machine and pimp my time works. That's right. Whereas in Primer, <laughs> it changes time inside the box. So you climb into the box, you start up the field, the yep. field makes time run backwards, and then you climb out of the box an hour later, and it's an hour earlier. Also in Primer, you've got to switch the box on. Let's say you wanted to come back to right now. You switch the box on now, and you don't get into it. You just switch it on. No. You wait a week. Let's say you wait. Let's say in a week's time, your box has been on for a week. Then you go, I want to go back a week. You get into the box, and you wait that time, and you go back... Th- to the, when the, but only to when the box was switched on. Yeah. So the cool thing is that what, in order to work it, you go, you turn the box on, you leave the room, you come out of the box. There's two of you walking yes. around. Yes. And then one of you climbs into the box and the, and, and the machine turns off and then the machine is empty. Yes. Like it's so counterintuitive, but it, it works so well and makes you go, Oh, that, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's how it would work. I do love that idea. In a lot of science fiction, or uh, not even, I guess, science fiction, almost into science fact, the idea that we haven't seen time travelers yet is because you can, that, the primer concept, you can only ever go back to when the first machine was switched on. Yeah, uh, and that, that's based in actual scientific research. Um, there are a couple <laughs> of different quirky 
time travel things. Uh, there's the Groundhog Day style tra- time travel. Yes. Where everything resets after a day. And you see that in Groundhog Day, in Edge of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. in Happy Death Day, and in one of the best X-File episodes ever, Monday. And in which case, only one person can really see that everything is, ch- is resetting each day. And that really plays to a human being's desire for resolution or being able to change the mistakes in their lives. Yeah. Groundhog Day is the obviously amazing one, one that still kind of stands up. I had a great idea. There was an idea for a sequel that never got made, the idea that Andy McDowell's character, so he comes out of his his day and he's like, yep. I've, I've fallen in love. It's great. And then the next day she's put into a Groundhog Day situation. So he's waking up, going, oh, my God, I'm, I'm a god. And he's like, yes, I know. You've told me 999.5 million <laughs> times I'm in the same loop. Get up to speed. Let's go. And I love that idea of that's a great concept of – because he's still got all the knowledge. He's, like, ready to go. He's still great. Mm. But now she's also great. She's learning how to deal with it herself. But she has to put up with this idiot forgetting how to be great all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a nice concept. It's probably – I mean, don't – look – we don't have to make sequels to movies anymore. Just make new movies. No. <laughs> it's all right. But we need them to make money, Greg. But write something new. Yeah, it's pretty garbagey. <laughs> write something new. Make it something new and exciting. How about Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tom Tomorrow. Cruise yeah. fell on its ass at the box office. Yeah. Why didn't you go and watch it? It was such an amazing idea. It was Groundhog Day, but in space. With guns and With aliens and shit. <laughs> and that X-Files episode Monday. Which is a an X Files episode. It's actually not even X. It's a it's a crime procedural, but that storyline. Yes. The, 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 the cops can't stop the bank blowing up. And you keep looping and looping and looping. Yeah. Now the big part of that is that you have, you can change things though. I mean, Groundhog Day, you can change things. You can keep people alive. You can you can change how what happens in that world. It's all mutable inside that window of time from the moment you uh wake up to the moment you die or go to sleep or stop source code is another groundhog day one that's the train one yes okay so that's not real then that's just source that you said that's well he's in a he's in a computer created multiverse is it Um, it just a virtual reality or is it actual it's kind of a virtuality but it's a special computer that creates its own universes oh okay so his universe is as real as it needs to be it's a it's an exact duplicate or a mathematical model of the current universe in a particular time, yep. and they, they're trying to recreate it over and over again to figure out why this went wrong. And his right. job is to figure out how how this went wrong. But he he starts wanting to just stop it from going wrong. So it's a it's a good one actually. Uh, a little bit goofy. The warlock, a 14th century witch hunter, comes <laughs> to the future right. as a single. So he, he's chasing a witch. Yeah. So both the the witch and himself jump to the future because the witch is trying to escape, and that's all it is. It's him dealing with culture shock. And of course, if we're going to talk about witches and uh, warlocks and time travel, we can't go past Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. Uh, Evil Dead Three is Army of Darkness. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, so yep. Evil Dead. That's right. Evil Dead Two is the remake. Dead the by Dawn. Remake. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dead by Dawn. That's right. So yeah, Evil Dead Three. This is my boomstick. Yeah, and he doesn't affect the future either. He goes yep. back and – so these are these wonderful films that don't – it doesn't matter. Like their story isn't about changing the future or not. The only other couple of notes I've got is uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh, I don't know that one. a very different time travel movie because it's, a, it's, a, it's based on this joke on the internet where some guy posted, I have created a time machine and I need someone to help keep me safe when I travel back. You bring your own weapons. Safety is not guaranteed. Right. And it's just this, this beautiful thing. And this, it, the whole story is about this journalist 
who is who goes to interview this guy to find out what his deal is and whether it's a joke and stuff. And he plays it real seriously. He's like, I definitely have a time machine. And she starts to convince him that he's actually done it. And the story is, has he created a time machine? Yeah. Because no one believes that he has. Everyone thinks that he's a crackpot. And it's about the relationship that develops between her and him. Uh, okay. And it's like, here's, this isn't a story about time travel. It's a story, of, but it is kind of a story about time travel. And it's actually yeah. quite a sweet and interesting story. And there's also a British one about a, if you go into a pub and yes, and, yes, the uh, the, uh, the the something guide to time travel. Yeah, you or go. What's Hitchhiker's Guide to Time Travel or something like that? Okay. And it is a clusterfuck. It's terrible, <laughs> and it's got Chris O'Dowd in it. Yes, it should be amazing. I'm intrigued by this because I know so many people uh, who probably listen to this podcast who love it. And well, it, they're it a, wrong. It's, <laughs> <laughs> the is time travel movie? is so broken. Is it a good movie but with bad time travel or is it a bad movie? It's just a bad movie. It's not funny. Oh, it's, there you go. Okay. It's, it's convoluted. There's no story. It's a bunch of like time travel things happening but without any sort of rhyme or reason to it. It's terrible. I blanked it from my memory. <laughs> it's, not my, it's not the worst time travel movie. Okay. The that worst time travel movie. Like I've watched a lot of time travel movies. I've watched so many time travel movies that they never surprise me anymore. The worst time travel movie is the 2002, I believe, or 2001 Lost in Space. <laughs> the one with this Cold War just got hot. That's na, na, Matt LeBlanc. Na, 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 Joey is a space na, 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 marine <laughs> who falls in love with Roller Girl from Boogie Nights. <laughs> This sounds like the best movie ever. Oh, my God. It's got Gary Oldman. Yep, as as uh, Professor Smith. You can yep. take Chris Contraption. I'm all down for that sort of retro stuff. But what happens is they, they go through space and they arrive at a planet which is surrounded by some sort of spaceships that have a time machine in them. Mm. And they get hit with the time machine energy and they travel back in time 20 years. Right. <laughs> okay. And then they discover that the, the machine and the time travel device was the stuff that the Dr. Smith built with his alien technology and stuff. Wow. And so it, you go, oh, it's static time travel. Yeah. It's static time travel, except at some point they realize what's going to happen, uses the time machine to see what's going to happen when they try to get off the planet because the ship's not going to be able to escape the gravitational pull of the planet. Right. And so then they use that information to not fly the ship up, but to fly the ship through, back down through the breaking up planet <laughs> to avoid... So they can slingshot out. And I'm like, not only is that not how gravity works. (laughs) And it was just an empty core of a planet. It was a hollow world full of Nazis. But at some point in this story, it stopped being a static universe and started being a multiverse. Yeah. And I spent, as soon as this occurred to me, I was like, well, at what point does it break down? I spent weeks, like, (laughs) making notes and... And, and trying to recollect the whole movie because it wasn't out on DVD yet. And I listened to the, the sound. I've got the soundtrack. I became obsessed with this film. <laughs> and there is a point in that film where everyone walks through the bubble, the time, or the, through the time bubble, and they look back and the people outside the time bubble should just vanish. Yeah. That's what, like that, so that's what should happen, but they don't. They see him through the time bubble. And I finally got down... This is the point where that film fails and it wasted so much of my life getting me to that place where I felt happy with that result that I hate 
I hate that movie so much. I refuse to watch it more than twice a year. I swear to God, I cannot stand it. All right, then. Hang on. I, um, one last question, Dan. One last question about to hang on. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, go on. I've forgotten the question. I've forgotten the question. That's all right. That's no, all right. No, that's, no, a, that's, no, that's an episode. No, 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 no. no. I'm going to get this right. I'm going to get this right. Hang on. Just hang on for a second. <laughs> 